1: And now he brings you even closer to the movers and shakers in the world of high echelon tournament water skiing from the founder and creator of the water ski broadcasting company comes the TWBC podcast.
0: And now here's your host.
1: Tony Lightfoot.
0: And yes, I am the aforementioned Tony Lightfoot. This is the TWBC Podcast, and uh, we're coming to you uh, being recorded at the uh, Sunset Lakes facility, the uh, the host uh, facility for the upcoming World Water Ski Championships. And uh, right here on this edition of the podcast, I uh, have a real special guest, the defending World Women's Slalom Champion from 2019. It is uh, Manon Costar. How are you doing?
2: Good, Tony. Hi. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Now, obviously, uh, having the World Championship is a great thing to have. Coming into the event to defend it uh, sets off a whole new kind of pressures going on. Is, wouldn't you agree?
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's it's different. Uh, obviously, it's the first time that it happens to me, so trying to handle it as, uh, as well as I can, and, and we'll see if, you know, whatever strategy or whatever, whatever mindset I'm on works, you know, we'll, I'll try to do my best.
0: OK, so kind of give us a little bit of a summation of how your season has gone up to this point. You know, there there have been some highs, there have been, you know, some uh, some some tournaments and some things leading up to tournaments that haven't been so great. So kind of give us your assessment of how the season's gone, uh, starting off, I guess, in with, with Swiss uh, towards the beginning of the season.
2: Well, honestly, I, I didn't have the best start of the season. I struggled a little bit um, for a few different things uh, we don't need to get into all of them but so yeah so so it didn't really it, it, it wasn't it wasn't great well, let's be honest it, it wasn't really good i didn't have the the results that or at least the performances that i wanted to have um didn't have much confidence on the water didn't didn't have much you know consistency either so so it wasn't it wasn't great um i i, I tried really hard to turn it around and and i'm doing my best i think it's a lot better now um the past few events have i've been pretty close to doing some good things and i have done some good things too but you know like it's always knocking on the door on the door of of um where i actually want to be and and not really getting there so um so yeah i mean it's a lot of work it hasn't been working that well um but Yeah, I still had some some good results and some good tournaments. You know, I'm not saying that it was all all negative. It was it was just a bit um it was not ideal, let's say. Um but I I feel like I'm at a better spot now. Training is going a lot better. I've had you know, I've done a few things I'm pretty happy with the with for during the the last few tournaments. So well we just have to wait and see
0: <laughs> all right excellent so uh, so i mean so i mean working hard to get back into the frame you know i mean there's there there's always this analogy that that i that i go to whenever you, whenever an athlete tends to tends to work or overwork to correct some problem it's it's kind of like being in quicksand uh, you know you get in that situation you work and you work and you work and you get yourself deeper and deeper and deeper where where I would say a more con- more considered approach, you know, a more intelligent approach probably yields a yields a better result. Do you do you find yourself in 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 that kind of realm a, a little bit, you know, to try and get yourself back up to form? Um,
2: well, I, I don't feel in deep sand now, <laughs> but I do I do feel like I I needed to take a step back to understand which were the variables that were hurting me and that that were not, you know. Allowing me to to ski properly, whether it was my technique, whether it was uh, my body and my my uh, my physical form or equipment or whatever whatever it might be, and so I worked on all of the things that um, were important to me, and and I you know I pinpointed the the ones that I thought would help and and worked on them. So I took it a bit as a checklist, you know, okay, let's let's start with working on on getting back into better shape physically and making sure that you're ready exactly the same way before, before a ski set or whatever. So yeah, I had a, I had a few things to work on. I worked on all of them and I think it's going in the right direction.
0: Okay, so you come into this uh, competition having been a part of history in the Malibu Open. Four, four female competitors in the final all clearing 39.5 off 10.75 metres and all registering a score of 41 off. I mean what's it like to be part of
2: that i mean it, it was really cool it was it was um it's it's awesome it's honestly it's awesome to see um the the women's slalom skiing the scores and the the level going up and and just like the depth of this the the field now is just much higher than than what it's ever been so that's really exciting to be part of of that pack that actually you know the pack of for that, that actually were able to to make such a final so that was super exciting um also i'm not gonna hide it a little bit of frustration of being at the you know like ending up a fourth of that pack and it's you know like it kind of reminding me of 2016 you know i, I made then again you know like it was the first time that there was a podium of of three three skiers that were into um into 10 to 5 and i was the last one of them third and mm-hmm. then you know again five years later but just um uh being fourth and and i mean it's all great it's all it's all good and i'm super happy with what i did, and, how I did it. and and it means a lot to me to be part of of that history as you say um just my competitive self is wanting to to work a bit harder again and just get a little more every time that's that's just being being a, a, a skier i think you always want a little more <laughs>
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I saw, you know, glimpses of, the, glimpses of that in your tournament performances this season and also previous seasons as well. But one of the previous seasons that I first saw you come to the fore that, that come to prominence was the 2011 European Women's Slalom and Championship, which you won, of course, in Skarnes in Norway in probably... Probably some of probably the coldest conditions that you'll ever get to ski in. I mean, in the middle of the summer in Norway, you can expect the water to be a little bit chilly. But try and give us a sense of of how you've got how you've gotten from there as as the surprise package of being the women's slalom champion of Europe in 2011 to where you are now in the in the midst of possibly defending your slalom title that you won two years ago in Malaysia
2: yeah uh well yeah it was definitely a surprise no one was expecting me to to uh win that that title back then um i you know i was an overall skier for a long time and i think i little by little i started i started putting a bit more effort into into slalom i started liking it more and more and i think it's also something that that you know like it's a rhythm you need to get it's it's uh it's precision and technique and stuff like that, so it makes sense that it com- some for some people it comes a little a little later and um I started really having fun with that. I was surrounded by people who were you know very motivating to me and who uh were very knowledgeable and 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 you know enjoyed slalom quite a lot, so I ended up you know training a little bit more and more with slalom and and going to those pro tournaments and I think you know. At that time, I was going to pro tournaments for jump and slalom, um, and that was something super motivating to me, just being able to be, to be competing with those skiers that were you know, incredible skiers and with an incredible level. Um, and I think that's where I started wanting to, to put more into slalom skiing jump didn't work that way because i was crashing a lot and Uh, i was just like okay well maybe it's not safe for me and i don't really want to be hurt before i I get to go in slalom so i slowly put that on the side but yeah i think just just you know the people that were around me and that helped me um, uh, evolve as a slalom skier and doing those pro tournaments doing tournaments and competing against the best skiers that there were just really pushed me to to try and do better and better
0: so, so what you're saying is kind of putting yourself out there, putting yourself to compete against the very best was the kind of thing that helped you improve more than anything else you could have done. You know, training or technically, yes.
2: Oh, I mean, there's a. I wouldn't say that there is so many things that you know I'm working on. So yes, for sure you need to put yourself out there and train and and train, but compete against the best gears that there is. There is also a ton of work on technique. So the coaches that I had. Really helped with that and and me trying to understand it a bit more and me underst- you know like mm-hmm. liking the technical side of slalom just pushed me to think about it a bit more and understand what where I wanted to do and what I wanted to do and why so that was really important um and and also there is a whole you know you need to work on on your mind and you need to work on your body and and I had a few back injuries where i had to you know get mm-hmm. a bit stronger and okay well, you're gonna have to to change a bit your routine and 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 get yeah get stronger work better uh have maybe better warm-ups or whatever so i i worked on all of these things and and also you know same uh, uh it's skiing there's so many the, the, the ski that you're using everything you know like so so there was a lot of things that that helped and and uh and so, yeah, I'm not gonna say that the only thing that that pushed me to my level is is competing against better skiers there was a, a whole list of things that I did to try and, and get better
0: and obviously changing from 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 a ski you've been riding for a long time to to the ski that you're riding on now, which is the conley d v eight you know and i mean how 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 long has your association been with with the Conley brand? You know, because obviously it took you to the point where you won the World Championship, but obviously a lot of people took a lot of notice on that brand, considering that you won the World Slalom Ch- Championship and Joel Howley won his World Slalom Championship at the same event. So, so there must be something good going on with that brand uh, if you're if you're riding it to success.
2: Well, look, I mean, I. I there's no question you know I I moved there in 2018 and I won masters maybe two or three weeks before uh, after moving with them and and uh, since then I've really won yeah masters Wells and Mumba on on economy and I there is no question that it's a ski that that I really like um, that has been very successful to me so yeah, I yeah, really really important to find a ski that that you feel comfortable on, that you can be consistent on, and that you can you can learn on. And and really what I find is is very key for me is to know my ski as well as possible. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's the same for a lot of skiers. It's that you you learn so much. It's gotta become like a just a habit and and almost part of you part of you. You need to know exactly how it's gonna react and when and. And so, so yeah, it's a, it's a big deal to, to find a, a ski that works and, and, yeah, very happy to have one.
0: <laughs> and the importance of that was actually illustrated at San Gervasio because your ski didn't make it, at least for the first part of that tournament. And you had to borrow a ski to get through from the elimination round to, through to the bracketed finals. Kind of tell us a little bit about that whole situation, how stressful it was waiting for, for the ski to maybe arrive or if it wouldn't arrive at all when you're riding something that you halfway knew was going to react well but you weren't 100% in tune with that particular ski.
2: Yeah, it's super stressful. It's not fun to have to go through that. The The one thing that helped me this year was that it happened to me before at the same tournament in I think 16. Um, so so I had done it before so and it had worked out pretty well. So I was just like, okay, just keep calm. You're going to have to use all of the sets and all of the seconds that you have on the water to try and, and understand what the ski is doing under you and and you're going to be able to you know it's a ski that that you've skied on or it wasn't that specific ski but it was a model that i had i knew and um and so yeah i was just like okay you you've done it before you can you can try it again and um and let's. Let's be smart about it. Let's let's use every second that you have on the water to learn about it. Let's try and set it up the best way possible in between sets, and and just make sure that you're improving how it feels and uh, keep calm. Really, like you know, there is not much you can do. You're just okay. Well, that's the only thing I have. So let's let's try and make it work. Whose
0: ski was that, by the way?
2: Um, it was a ski that was for sale, actually. Oh, was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you sold it, but. Uh, yeah, super nice, super nice uh, guy that, that had it. Super lucky. Um, he he had just moved to a, a newer model, and uh, was trying to sell the ski. So so I borrowed it for a few sets.
0: <laughs> okay, and it wouldn't surprise me if you put your own little signature to it as well. But after after the tournament, did you? I
2: did. Yeah, I did. <laughs>
0: Again, that that probably increased the ski's value tenfold. But uh, but anyways. Uh, We'll wrap up the uh, the podcast around about this time. Thank you very much indeed for being a participant. Uh, always glad to uh, to talk with you. But uh, any shout outs that you want to give uh, give to friends and family and to uh, maybe one coach in particular?
2: No. <laughs> Are you talking about Freddie? Ah, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Shout out of to a... Freddie Winter. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, just uh, I. Yeah, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that help me. So a big shout out to all of them. They all recognize themselves, and and a special one to uh, to my family that is away and that I can't wait to see you again.
0: Okay, yeah, one uh, yeah one uh, one other question. I'm reminded of before before we leave for this podcast. I mean, how how has the COVID nineteen situation directly affected you? I mean, you spend a lot of a lot of your time in the United States, but obviously friends and family can't come over because it's highly restricted. How how has that gone for you?
2: Well, so I'm I'm lucky. I think everyone has had a hard time. Obviously, it's it's been really rough for most people. And but yeah, it, it was definitely hard to be away from them. Um, didn't see my sister for a year and a half. Uh, didn't see my mom for a year. It, it was it was long. It was long and and hard. And um, this summer, I got to spend the whole summer with them, and it was it showed me. I, and i knew how much i cared about about that time but it showed me even more how important it is to me and and yeah um y- you learn things through through just missing people and 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 uh, having to be away so um i knew that they were you know extremely important to me and and, uh, and i know it even more now and i value the time that i have with them even more than than before
0: all right then that was uh, manon costa My name is Tony Lightford. This is the latest edition of the TWBC podcast. And until next time, it is ciao for now.
1: Thank you for listening to the TWBC podcast. Be sure to check out our website at waterskibroadcasting.com. Links to our presence on major social media platforms can be found there, as well as updates to our webcast and this podcast. Duplication or rebroadcasting of this broadcast without written consent of TWBC is prohibited. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us next time for the next edition of the TWBC Podcast.